0: What is up, college lacrosse fans? You are watching another episode of the Lax Factor podcast. And in this episode, we are going to look at the returning players that are all coming back to the University of Virginia the defending national champion, uh, UVA, the Cavaliers. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about their returning players specifically, and not every single returning player. There will be guys that we miss. There will be guys maybe that I've even forgot. But we're going to talk about a bunch of the key returning players, some guys that I think might have bigger roles next year. And, uh, you know, Know, and the like. Also, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when we put out new videos. That always helps us the most. Share this video. If you're a UVA fan and you want your fellow UVA fans to see this, share it. We put a lot of time, I put a lot of time into preparing for this so that I can't get heckled by you Virginia fans the way the Syracuse fans heckled me a little bit. They said I went a little half-assed. They just didn't understand the point. But uh, as always, you can go to laxfactor.com, get yourself a pair of Maryland flag shorts. We'll have other designs later on. And uh, Uh, As always, if you need uh, team gear, team apparel, things like that, once again, laxfactor.com. We do custom dye sublimated apparel. I digress. Let's get into this. The Lax Factor Podcast. Okay, so the first guy that I wanted to talk about, not I'm not doing this in any particular order outside. I'm doing the attackman first, and then I'm going to do, you know, kind of the midfield, and then we'll get into the defense. But first guy I wanted to talk about, number two, Michael Krauss. He'll be a senior in 2020 An attackman. Put up 39 goals, 36 assists, 75 points, 44 ground balls, where he didn't improve. Now, I had him pegged as being Virginia's best player. I figured he was going to be a Towarton candidate. I figured he was going to be Virginia's leading scorer, their best player. And Matt Moore and Ryan Conrad gave him a run for that. Uh, he still was a third team All-American and an honorable mention All-American between the two All-American teams. He was hindered a bit by an ankle injury where he really didn't step up And I think what hurt him the most was his shooting percentage, a miserable 23% shooting percentage, despite a 50% uh, shots on goal percentage. So he put 50% of his shots on cage, but only scored 23% of them. So that was one of the lowest out of all of the key Maryland, uh, uh, Virginia players on offense. So I think that hurt him. Maybe his ankle injury affected that a little bit. Maybe it's just because he gets hounded. And the way that he goes to the goal is tough. He's one of the toughest Dodgers by far, pound for pound in the country. And I think that might've hurt him also. The fact that he's fighting tooth and nail for every, every goal, he gets a lot of attention, a lot of double teams, uh, that may have hurt his shooting percentage, but I'm not sure he, he, he put a lot of popcorn on goalies also. So I think that hurt him as well. But, but like I said, from a dodging perspective, I don't think there's anybody better in the country in terms of just going to the rack aggressively. And that probably plays a little bit into his shooting percentage as, as well. But the kid's a savage, aggressive, always under control in terms of his body control, but he knows how to push it right to the edge in terms of dodging like a just an absolute animal. Very difficult for teams to match up with, very difficult for teams to guard. He can shoot from distance. He can shoot from outside. He can shoot in close where I think he improved his game the most between his sophomore season and last year was I think he became a slightly better off-ball player. And I think the addition of Matt Moore and how he tore it up on attack and helped uh, Kraus on attack, I think that helped free him up a little bit more. So we saw an evolution in his game where he played a little bit more off-ball and did a little bit more sniping from the high crease and things like that. So that was excellent to see as well. Uh, and he's going to have a monster 2020. There's no doubt about it. Kraus is going to probably put up another 75-plus points, maybe more with the loss of Ryan Conrad. I don't know if there's anyone that's going to pick up his production. It may end up getting distributed evenly amongst the three attackmen and Docs Aitken, but we'll see. Also, turned the ball over 26 times and, and uh, caused – seven turnovers. So, I mean, he he didn't e- equal that out. He turned the ball over quite a bit, but not as much as the next guy that I wanted to talk about. Number five, Matt Moore. He'll be a junior attackman next year. Now, they weren't sure at the beginning of the year where Moore was going to end up. And at first I was like, oh man, I really love Moore at midfield for them, especially running alongside of Dox Aitken. So when they moved him to attack, I wasn't sure how that was going to pan out, but holy hell, it panned out like crazy. The kid goes, he ends up being their leading scorer, goes 46 Goals, 43 assists, 89 points, 45 ground balls, shot 30% from the field, 52% shots on goal percentage, 39 turnovers though. So he turned the ball over a lot, a lot of force in the crease and, you know, you know, getting stripped on aggressive dodges, 12 cause turnovers though. So he's an excellent rider. He was an honorable mention All-American in 2019. And like I said, I didn't like the move to attack, but man, it panned out like crazy. And, um, he he makes dodging look easy. He's a tough one to peg because when you watch his highlights, it doesn't like where you see how hard Krauss is going Moore is a little bit smoother of a player. I think he finishes a little bit better and creates his shots a little bit better while on the run, while being covered. And he's really deadly kind of coming up from behind and up that right alley from behind. So he, he makes it look easy and he's a very smooth lacrosse player, but he is, he is stealthy. He's quick, all of that long strides, yeah, a deadly shooter. Kid can snipe from outside with the best of them. He's got a cannon. That was one of the reasons I didn't like that he was going to get moved to attack, where I assumed he was going to play a lot more wing, GLE, and behind, but it, it panned out. He's he, They moved the, the, these players around a lot in this offense, and he ended up getting his fairest shots from the wing and shots from out top. Surprised the hell out of me, though, in 2019, seeing how he had developed into a, a Dodger Uh, And a creator of offense with short sticks on him for him to go 43 assists, 46. I mean, just for his goals and assists, 46, 43 to be that even that surprised me, especially for a guy getting moved down to, to midfield after playing or down to attack after playing midfield um, his first season, but he, he was an attackman in high school, or he at least played a lot of attack in high school. So all these guys can pretty much end up playing attack when called upon, but he surprised me because he tore it up next level stuff. And after this season, I don't see any chance that they're moving him back. I think that they're going to try to keep this attack unit together. Obviously it worked out pretty damn good for them. Um, in 2019, so I think you're going, obviously you're going to see Matt Moore and uh, Kraus team up again with the next guy that we need to talk about. Number three, the spark plug, Ian Laviano. He will be a junior attackman in 2020. 51 goals, 11 assists, 62 points, 41 ground balls, 38 percent shooting percentage, 62 percent shots on goal. One of the the best off ball attackers in the country, especially in transition. He also forced six turnovers and. In- the ride game, kids a spark plug. I don't like how he's always jumping in on piles. I'll show a highlight of it where he's always jumping in on piles and doing a little spin. He's gonna, I'm always afraid he's gonna land awkwardly and tear his ACL. But a motivator and uh, just. You know, don't get hurt doing the the jumping on the piles after your teammates score goals. I, that, that's the one thing I didn't like. He complimented Kraus incredibly well as a freshman and shined bright last year with both Krauss and Moore creating offense and him just getting freed up to snipe wherever he was from 12 yards or less one of the best in the country the kid can the kid can finish he likes to blow shots past goalies he likes to finish high to high low to high he'll bury him and he'll change elevation also but he definitely likes to put the ball you know waist high and up on goalies and just burn things past them but he's he's sneaky as a even he, he's he's Became pretty adept at the give and goes and just finding ways to get open on the crease. Kind of, uh, you know, you letting Docs or letting um, uh, Kraus and Moore play the two man game out top while he just sneaks around and uh, would just shade back and forth along the crease. Uh, they couldn't have a better third attackman for this bunch, though. I mean, he is the perfect complement to Kraus and to Moore. Couldn't be better. One of the best attack units in the country, and I'd, I'd, I'd argue to say they were the best attack unit in the country last year. They're going to be the best attack unit in the country, I think, this year. But just all three of them, any, any one of them can murk you. They're, they're that good. We get on now to the midfielders. And one of the best mids in the country. I've, I've made uh, it, it's been no secret that I'm a big fan of Doc and Number six, he'll be a senior midfielder coming into 2020. 44 goals, eight assists, 52 points, 32 ground balls, 30% uh, shooting percentage, 53% shots on goal, uh, uh, three cause turnovers turned the ball over quite a bit for mid, 22 turnovers, but still one of the best three all-around mids in the country. I put him right up there with Costabile, Ryan Conrad, and then Doc Zakin, not in any order. Uh, He was a first and second team All-American, depending on which poll you were looking at, will likely be looked upon to fill the the void left by Ryan Conrad. Now, Conrad's ground ball totals were in the 70s or 80s to to Aikens 32, but I bet you that you'll see docs take more wings on the face off in 2020. I could be wrong about that, but I know he took a handful this year when Conrad couldn't because I, I just, I saw him, you know, I watched a lot of Virginia this year. So I wonder how much he'll be, he'll be looked upon to kind of fill that two-way mid void because he can do it. He's capable in that way. And, and I think that just keeping him on the field pays dividends. Just having the more docs is on the field, the better it is for everybody a uh, natural finisher, one of the best dodging midfielders all around in the country. And it doesn't matter how he has to beat you. He can dodge people down the alley. He can dodge people down a wing and get underneath and, and score in awkward ways. There, there's nothing he can't do. He's got a laser from out top and it's, it's not always a high velocity shot. He's just very, once again, he's one of those just natural finishers that no matter what, he's finding ways to put the ball past goalies. It doesn't have to be a huge burner. It might be well-placed one time. And then the next shot might be a burner that the goalie, doesn't even see, but he is a natural finisher. He can spot shoot down the alley, uh, shoot off dodges in traffic, as complete of a midfielder offensively as you are going to find. He also was their big man-up score, eight man-up goals, which led the team, I believe. I'm almost positive that led the team uh, in terms of man-up goals. Between the boxes, you can't beat Ryan Conrad, and he's going to be impossible to replace. His ball-hawking prowess is, is, is second to none, but I think that, that you'll see Aitken's ground-ball all numbers go up, and I think next year you 're going to see him kind of fill that type of that void that Conrad is leaving as a two uh, two way midfielder and he 's going to be a candidate for midfielder of the year in two thousand and twenty no no doubt now from there they don 't you know between Conrad and herring they lose conrad and herring, and that 's kind of their first midfield unit, and their second midfield unit played a ton. Um, And they're very capable because these guys are all guys that coming out of high school were highly touted. So I'll start one guy that I liked last year was uh, number four, Jeff Connor. He'll be a sophomore mid as a freshman, four goals, 10 assists, 14 points, 12 ground balls, 18% shooting, that's terrible, with a 63% shot on goal percentage, so he put some cupcakes on the cage, did not finish well, did not beat goalies well, so he'll definitely want to improve upon that, but he was a solid midfielder and he stepped up in key moments last year, specifically in the playoffs, Uh, NCAA first round against Robert Morris, two assists, one assist, one ground ball, and one, one caused turnover against Maryland in the quarterfinals and against Yale in the finals, and assist, two ground balls. So he, he came up big. I think he had an assist to Kraus, actually, uh, against Yale in the finals. Provided depth at midfield that they needed, though, and as a young kid um, to fill in like that where they have to move more down one of their best mids, and now you've got a couple of younger guys getting in. He filled in well, and I think he'll have a much larger role in twenty twenty. And then we get on to uh, Attackman. But it'll be interesting to see how how they how they fit him onto the field because he's insanely talented. Number ten, Xander Dixon, he'll be a sophomore attackman. But I think that you may see him run a little bit of mid next year. Eleven goals, eight assists, nineteen points, eleven ground balls, fifty five percent shooting percentage, eighty percent shots on goal percentage. Almost doesn't sound right. Um, Twenty shots in sixteen appearances, and he stuck eleven of them. And he didn't play at all through the playoffs. And I'm not sure if that was just by design because obviously they're rolling with those three attack through the playoffs or if he was hurt i'm not sure what happened there but he didn't play at all through the playoff stretch obviously listen don't don't give me crap for that i'm not a i'm not a virginia fan although i watched almost every televised game that virginia played i just didn't catch what happened to him towards the end of the season um, saw a bit of man up action, scored two man up goals. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what he'll do in 2020. I think that they'll probably find ways to get him on the field offensively, either to spell attack at times. And then maybe also as a midfielder, you would think because he's too good of an offensive player to not get on the field. Maybe he'll see an improved increased role in man up. Um, now that they've lost Conrad off that man up team uh and he didn't play a factor as i said in the last 4 games he didn't play at all that, that at least didn't put up any stats through the playoffs but he's a high ceiling kid uh he, there's no 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 end to how good this could be this kid could be as long as he's able to get on the field he just needs to work his way into consistent burn is all the next guy and this guy I loved, especially by the season's end, and he had a huge finals, is number 23, Petey Frickin LaSala. He'll be a sophomore face-off midfielder. I put down that he's a midfielder, though, because this kid can ball. Kid puts up eight goals, one assist, nine points from the faceoff X. He goes 216 of 368 for faceoffs, 58.7% from the faceoff X, two cause turnovers, which you know I think that that's one area he can improve in is when he loses the draw, he should get a little bit better at, at – um, ice picking and beating the hell out of the opposing faceoff guy. One of the most offensively capable faceoff guys in the country, though. I don't think anyone would argue that. And he proved that. The guy finishes. Uh, and then also, this is, the, this is the big thing. In games, at the end of games or late in games, he finishes at the faceoff X. He won the last eight versus Duke. He won the last seven versus Maryland in the uh, quarterfinals. And he went six of six in OT this season in their OT games, and Virginia played a handful of OT games. So this kid is a finisher at the face-off X. He is a finisher with the ball if you don't slide to him on fast breaks. One of UVA's unsung unsung heroes uh, this year for, for sure. Without his efforts through the playoffs, UVA doesn't beat Maryland because if he doesn't go, uh, if he doesn't win the last seven face-offs in that Maryland game, they don't beat Maryland in that game. Uh, they don't beat Duke to advance uh, in the finals if he didn't win the last eight against Duke, also. So I don't, I just don't think there's any chance. I, I mean, you finished the last, what was it again? Last eight versus Duke, last seven versus Maryland, and you don't advance and you don't end up getting the seed, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the kid was huge, and I think that, that, uh, I don't know that a lot of people really realized what he how how key he was towards the the end of games down the stretch. He scored 3 goals in the semis and in the finals, 2 in the finals. And he got murked by TD Erland in the finals uh, when they were playing Yale. He lost four of seven he only won four of seventeen face offs, but those two goals that he scored off draws, that kind of equaled out the losses, you know him getting murked uh, on the draws and, and at the actual faceoff X in terms of numbers. Two goals if you can score two goals as a face off guy, you can give up. You know those face-off numbers because you just made up for it in 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 those scores, and that is key. And it'll be interesting to see how he progresses through the rest of his career because he is young, thrown right to the wolves, and did well under the spotlight of the national championship. Uh, Another guy, D mid. This is this Virginia had a lot of really good D midfielders, and they actually graduated, I believe, two short stick D mids that got a lot of time, but they return. Uh number thirty-four, John Fox. He'll be a junior midfielder. Three goals, three uh points. That was it, just three goals in a season, twenty ground balls, eleven cause turnovers, and I think he's going to be one of their one of the keys at the defensive midfield this upcoming year. That that, that eleven cost turnovers with a short stick. I love seeing guys get double digits, uh double digits in terms of forced turnovers with shorties. He actually had twelve in twenty eighteen as a freshman. So those numbers went down, but in his junior year, we'll hope that he he gets above the twelve, thirteen, fourteen threshold there. And I think he'll be looked upon a little bit more in 2020 to push things in transition with Conrad out. So he's very capable offensively. So maybe look for his point total to go up a little bit. Maybe he gets into the five to 10 point region. Maybe he even gets some offensive burn. Probably not, though. They got a lot of young guys coming in that I think are going to uh, eat all of that offensive burn. And defense is going to be a strength for UVA. I think beginning of the year, UVA's defense hadn't really gelled yet. They lose that high point game. They looked a little rough early on, gave up some goals and, and, and some points to teams. But by the end of the year, by the, by the, I'd say the last 3 or 4 games of the season into the into the ACC tournament and into the playoffs that defense they were animals they looked like caged animals the entire time on the field they were just running around beating people running out pressing midfielders and attackmen as far as they could they were they played a very aggressive brand of midfield and I'll get into why here uh, number 9 Will Rock is one of those reasons uh two two assists Two points in the season, ten cause turnovers, twenty-eight GBS. He's a long stick midfielder, solid LSM all around, and he takes care of the ball while clearing uh, the ten cause turnovers. It proves that he's capable. A lot of wing wing uh, midfielders and a lot of long stick midfielders usually, you know, don't always get above that that double or get into the double digits in, in terms of. Cause turnovers, and he did. So he is capable of taking the ball away, and he's got a good feel of the game. I think that we'll see him improve quite a bit um, in in his junior year because he's 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 a smart lacrosse player per the coaching staff, and that that should translate into just you know him being much better than he was in twenty nineteen. And he was a very good LSM in in twenty nineteen. But then we have the beast. Long stick midfielder and defender number 28, Jared Connors. Five goals, one assist, six points, 57 ground balls, and 27 caused turnovers. He was a first slash second team All-American, depending on which list you looked at. Six foot five, 210 pounds. The guy is a freaking monster. He's like the Energizer Bunny of Long Poles, though. He's crazy aggressive, but once again, under control. He doesn't get beat a whole lot. One of the best takeaway guys in the nation without getting roached. More specifically, he can take the ball away, but he will play good at-home defense also. Very aggressive, but still aggressive. And even where he gets beat, he's able to close, continue to pester his man as the doubles are coming and the help's getting there. One of the main reasons for UVA's defense slowly improving over the year... Uh, and he kind of spearheaded that get out there and attack guys and frustrate guys, uh, kind of defensive mentality. And I think he was one of the one of the reasons this defense improved. Obviously, as a first second team All American, he was one of the reasons they were a just killer defense by the end of the year. Um. He, I don't know what they're going to do. They lose a couple of close defenders. So I know that they've said he could play close D. I know going into 2019 even, they were thinking he may end up playing a little bit more close D. So it'll be interesting to see, could he play close D next year? Are they going to keep him at LSM? Maybe a little bit of both. And he will definitely, no matter where he ends up though, he will be anchoring this Virginia defense for sure. Just one of the best, one of the best polls period in the country. We move on to another, Uh, he started 19 games in the year, number 16, Kyle And I'm going to screw this name up, Kyle Kologi or Kologi. Uh, He'll be a junior defender, number 16, 16 cause turnovers and 33 ground balls and another monster, just another defender that fits the mold perfectly for what they want to do. 6'4", 205. So the kid's got great size, 19 starts at close D, two cause turnovers against Yale in the title game. Very solid cover guy. He's improved each of his first two years. His stats have improved right along with his gameplay. So I expect big things out of him in 2020 as well. Another guy, I'll screw his name up, number 11, 11, Cade Sostad. He'll be a sophomore defender, was a freshman last year. 13 caused turnovers as a freshman, 46 ground balls and an assist. Another monster, just another workhorse, 6'5", 215, just another perfectly sized defender for this scheme covers a lot of ground. 19 starts at close defense uh, as a freshman, which was very impressive. He improved a ton as the year went on, so that was key. Six ground balls and a cause turnover in the title game against Yale, so the kid's a ball hawk. Seven ground balls, one turnover, and three uh, cause turnovers over the course of all of championship weekend, so he had a very good playoff. A lot of these young guys you'll see with, with Virginia ended up having very good um, uh, playoffs, and sp- more specifically, a very good championship weekend, but he. Should once again, with with this experience, he's going to improve at close defense. He's going to be a monster next year, and he's only a sophomore. So a lot of reason to be excited about what Virginia is going to be able to do on the defensive side of the ball right from the beginning. And then we get to the last guy I'm going to talk about. Goalkeeper be a junior next year. Alex Road. He was the best goalie in the country coming out of high school. He's been shaky, and he even I think gave up his uh, his starting job uh, one game. I believe it was against Princeton, where Birkinshaw came in and tore it up. But uh, he ended up finishing the season pretty strong. And I say finished the season strong. Let's say he finished a year, especially the last two games strong. He goes for 50.6% save percentage in a season, 169 saves versus 165 goals against. Streaky throughout the season. He'd have a 70% game and then a 30% game. Uh, did not show up every game. Uh, he go- and then more specifically in the playoffs, first round, 37% against Robert Morris. Second round, 33% against Maryland. They end up winning those games anyway. But we get to the semifinals and the finals, 60% in the semifinals against Duke and 61.9% against Yale in uh, in the championship game. And he played huge in that championship game. And once again, was one of the reasons that Yale just couldn't get back in that game late. One of the reasons that they kind of put Yale away early in the first half also. And I mean I just I just rattled off and ripped through these guys. People are still going to be mad though because they're going to say hey there's a couple other guys you didn't talk about. So hold on. Let's let's get to a couple of guys I could have talked about but I didn't. And one of them, Justin Schwenk, he'll be a senior midfielder faceoff guy, two assists in 2019, 32 ground balls and 52.6% from the faceoff X. So he is a very capable faceoff man. Jack Peel, he'll be a junior mid, five goals, one assist, eight ground balls and a cause turnover. I don't know what his role will end up being because some of these guys that the, that, that got time this year may be relegated to just continue to play D mid. They may even get bumped for some of the young guys that come in because Virginia is loaded across the board. And then another one Jack Simmons, sophomore mid uh, coming up, three goals, assist, uh, three goals and an assist, eleven ground balls, two cause turnovers. So Simmons, another guy I could have talked about that I didn't. They have a bunch of guys coming in uh, that will fill roles. I believe they redshirted a, a guy or three also. So of all the teams in the country that I think have a shot at, at getting to championship weekend and then you know maybe winning the national championship, I really like Virginia to get back to championship weekend and maybe even repeat. I think losing Conrad is probably he's probably the most valuable player in the country when it really comes down to it in terms of what he did for the team and what he meant to the team because he was so important between the boxes at the face off X and then in scoring points legitimately also. He was he was a huge team leader. So that's going to be tough to to recover from. But I think that with Dox Aitken, some of these other mids that are going to step up and you, you return a very solid defense, a goalie that's streaky but just came off a national championship win, and you return the best attack group in the country. Just a ton of reasons for Virginia fans to be optimistic, a ton of reasons for even people like me, Syracuse fans, to be optimistic in a very sad way for how much success I think that Virginia will have. Uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, if it was in any way informative, maybe even if it wasn't, be sure to like. uh, Be sure to subscribe and then be sure to share this video with others. If you need team gear, as I always say, go to laxfactor.com. We make uh, custom uh, dye sublimated reversibles, shooting shirts, shorts, all sorts of crap there. We also have swag. You can buy retail shorts, ready to ship. Maryland flag lacrosse shorts, laxfactor.com to get that. And that is it. The next one we're going to do, I believe, is going to be Yale, Maryland. We'll go through and we're going to rip through and do all of these. All of the, the the teams that I think are going to end up in the top 20, I'll do as many of those teams as I can. Probably put a, put a stopper for a little bit on covering the pro game outside of just random videos here and there because nobody watches them. So I, it seems that everybody cares a lot more about college lacrosse at this point. So that's where I'm going to devote most of my time is just try, to try to do a better job going deep down the rabbit hole of the teams and what, how these teams are going to look come 2020. And as always, thank you for watching. just about spit. Thank you for watching. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share the video. And uh, we're trying to get ourselves over 7,400 subscribers. So be sure to subscribe and tell people because we we just can't get over that 7,400 subscriber hump. So help us out. Enjoy.